Let's say that you're running an online business, a virtual business, if you will. What would you say if I told you that how you set up the accounting for the virtual part of your business has as much to do with the success of that business than anything you might do in terms of running the digital platform itself? Does that sound plausible? Stay tuned and learn more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Now, this uh, blog post kind of runs in a series of several others that I've done that uh, talk about how the virtual branch of a financial institution shows up on their general ledger. Now, I realize that not everyone listening to this podcast is a banker, so I'm going to try and draw some other correlations. But you, you can, as I go through here and I talk about how a bank operates their virtual branch, that is the way that people connect outside of the physical bank could correlate to perhaps you're a business, let's say a coffee shop or a, a clothing store, and you have an online business that runs also as a part of your organization. So the, I think the parallels are there. So all of this comes from the classes that I teach at the graduate banking school. And so again, I'm really focused for these financial institutions. They're sending their best and brightest, their future leaders uh, to this banking school. And I really need them to understand how to treat the virtual branch. My point simply is, is that unless you set up the proper accounting for it in your general ledger, in your QuickBooks, in whatever you're using to manage your business, then you really don't know what the success of that is. So let me talk about this in the context of, of banking. So first, I'm going to define the virtual branch is the combination of all the digital services that a financial institution provides that allows customers to interact with that bank or credit union and utilize the services of that financial institution outside of a physical branch location. So the types of things that I include in the virtual branch would be uh, consumer online banking, the corporate online cash management slash treasury services, mobile banking, anytime you're executing payments, whether that's bill pay or faster payments or ACH or wires or you know, however you're you're transacting and access to e-commerce, such as the EFT POS, the debit rails, the ATM network when you use your card at a point of sale or at an ATM. Now, there's other elements that probably could be considered as belonging to the virtual branch. Uh, touchstone telephone banking is still very prevalent. A lot of uh, organizations still have uh, even though it's considered to be dead, you know, it's still robustly used in many financial institutions. Uh, text banking, doing uh, SMS, texting uh, is another service that might be a part of the virtual branch. It certainly would include any activity where you're doing an online account opening. Somebody is using, say, a mobile phone to actually open an account with your uh, institution. I mean, for some financial institutions, they even put the call center where somebody's calling in for support or to, to do a voice 
transaction, they'll put that in the virtual branch. Whatever your organization decides to include in the virtual branch may not be as critical as how you treat the virtual branch. And so the specific elements there are, how is it represented on your general ledger? Where does it show up in your accounting system? How is the virtual branch represented or respected or valued within the senior management slash leadership team? And how much buy-in and support does the virtual branch have from the highest levels, the CEO, or if you're a large enough organization to have, say, a a board of directors? So let me paint this scenario. So let's suppose that you're a community bank. You have $250 million in assets. For those of you that are not familiar with banking, it's a pretty small bank. And there's three physical branches. And for our discussion, the physical branches are identified as the Elm Street branch, the Pine Street branch, and the Oak Street branch. Now, you also offer online account opening through a mobile app to bring on new deposit accounts. So let's talk about the following events. Number one, a customer comes into the Elm Street branch and opens an account. Where will that customer show up on the general ledger? Well, that's easy, right? It's the Elm Street branch. Scenario two, customer goes online and uses the mobile online account opening tool to open a deposit account. Where does that customer show up on your GL? Hmm. Well, now it depends on whether you set up a separate virtual branch on the GL for your online account opening. If you did that, then the customer would be placed into the virtual branch account on the GL. If not, this customer would default to whatever the main office is. So in this example, it would be the Oak Street branch. So let me just repeat that. If you had said anybody that opens an account online goes to a separate GL category, then that's where they'd go. But if not, all of these systems default to whatever the main office is. Again, regardless of the fact that it was done online. All right, scenario three, a customer goes online and uses the mobile online account opening tool and opens the deposit, but subsequently never does any other transactions online. For them, let's say the Pine Street branch is very close to where they work. And so all of their transactions are done in that location. Where does that customer show up on your GL? Well, let's suppose that you have a virtual branch set up like we talked about in the previous example. And so the customer is going to show up on the virtual branch GL, not the Pine Street branch. Uh, But if not, that customer would go to the Oak Street branch, right? Because it defaults to the main office, even though the actual transactions the customer is performing are all done in the Pine Street branch. Fourth scenario, same customer in the first event who opened their account to Elm Street branch actually then performs all substantively of their transactions online and never steps a toe in the Elm Street branch after that first visit when the account was open. Where does that customer show up on the GL? Almost every situation that where I've tested this, the customer is still going to be stuck or located in the Elm Street branch um, GL. Now, I could go on and on, but here's the point. In your GL today, you are almost certainly not accurately aligning the actual activity of customers with where the related income and expense appear on the GL. In a perfect world, you would use the capability of your core accounting system to know where transactions are being originated and subsequently where all the income and expense activity occurs. And it would automatically allocate transactions across the GL categories, providing you with a hyper-accurate picture 
of income and expense for each physical and virtual location. Now, absent your accounting system doing this automatically, it would be really unwieldy to attempt to try and manually make those adjustments on, on any kind of periodic basis. So instead, all income and expense related to the customer is tied to the geo of the branch wherever the account was opened, or in the case of the examples we gave, perhaps defaulting to the main office. What the result of that type of posting is, is that it's almost certainly that your accounting system is grossly understating the impact of the virtual branch and significantly overstating the profitability of your physical branches. One reason why GL accounting is so important is because it drives executive decision-making on where money is spent. So let's say that you have really little or no revenue associated with your virtual branch because you're not tracking it on the GL. It's all going to these other physical branches. And then the VP of operations presents a proposal for an upgrade of your online banking and mobile platforms. It's going to cost, I don't know, $200,000. Now, it's likely that the entire C-suite would look at all of this as just an expense. There's no representation of the virtual branch on the GL when you might have 15,000 customers who could accurately be defined as being served on the virtual branch, but all of their net income, all of the revenue, all of the profitability is absent from their view because it's not on the GL. Now, if the profitability of that virtual branch was accurately posted on the GL, then the monthly virtual branch profitability might show that spending the 200,000 for upgrades is, I don't know, a 10-month break-even. Now, that's a very different decision to make as a C-suite than saying it's a $200,000 expense. I find that CEOs have no issues upgrading physical branches. They'll upgrade furniture, flooring, and other paint and powder flourishes. They'll drop $200,000 on a new branch in a second because they know the look and feel of the physical branch is essential to your overall brand. And they just won't stand for the branch to not look anything but spectacular. So why is the virtual branch any different? It's not, but the CEO may not have the perspective of just how important the virtual branch is because there's no profitability represented on the GL. But be aware, as soon as you accurately represent the virtual branch on the GL, Profitability of physical branches will change as all the virtual branch customers that have been associated in those physical branches will move to the virtual branch. And all of a sudden, that might change your decision <laughs> to buy a bunch of new branch furniture. Now, do the Elm, Pine, and Oak Street branch have a branch manager? Of course. Who's the manager for the virtual branch? Now, for most financial institutions, there really is no single person that owns the virtual branch. There's no budget, there's no targets for customers, customer service, or profitability. No one is really in charge, so it's really not so odd that the virtual branch doesn't get any love. The virtual branch must have its own management and budget, no different than a physical branch. Who organizes events to be held at or on the virtual branch? Who decides about marketing and advocates so for the virtual branch? Who recommends the upgrades needed to keep the virtual branch running at peak efficiency with an exemplary customer experience? Assigning a senior vice president over the virtual branch as their only responsibility is a difficult decision for bankers because it flies in the face of traditional org charts. But defining what the virtual branch 
includes for your institution, like we talked about earlier, and then putting all of those functions and staff under a single person's leadership is the first step in enabling your virtual branch services to take off. Finally, but perhaps most importantly, the support of the virtual branch by the C-suite and board must be equal to or exceed the support given to physical branches. The future of banking services is likely going to be more digitally oriented, translating to the fact that the customers you need to replenish those that you lose are young millennials and Gen Zs. Oh, here's a little sobering statistic for you. Baby boomers are now dying at the rate of 10,000 every day. Oh, great. Thank you, David Downer, for that little stat. These younger millennials and Gen Zs are not technology savvy. They're technology critics. They're digital natives, and they have highly developed expectations about how a digital experience should work. The fact that your institution has chosen an online and mobile banking solution that may offer only the basic features of online banking services just to keep that expense minimal, will not be viewed by those individuals as acceptable. So investment in the virtual branch is strategic, perhaps even mission critical for your institution's long-term success. So does your virtual branch get that kind of attention as it's set up today? If not, what would it take for you to examine the true impact of the virtual branch? Now here's an exercise that's not really that hard to do. Export your GL to an Excel spreadsheet and make an estimate of the amount of income and expense across your existing branches that likely should be moved to virtual branch accounts. Make those changes in the spreadsheet for the most recent month end or quarter end, if you like, and then look at the related profitability. It will be readily evident that the virtual branch is your largest, most profitable branch. And similarly, the existing branch profitability, regardless of how many branches you have, will drop. This exercise will not only highlight the need for a permanent change to the GL account structure, but make it clearer that the virtual branch needs to be upgraded versus new tile for three physical branches. I get that I'm leaving a lot of questions unanswered, like uh, how will we define what constitutes a customer going into the virtual branch? That's a good question. Does it have to be 100% of all transactions? What if it was 50% plus one transaction? Maybe you'll settle on something like 60 or 70% or online activity would in fact push a customer into the virtual branch on the GL. Now these are, and many other questions are worth exploring, but think about how the virtual branch can be defined and codified on your GL. And then if you need to, if you want to talk about how to actually achieve this, reach out to me. My contact information is coming up. Let's have a conversation about it. I would love to hear your interest in getting true profitability and being able to really provide the level of support that the virtual branch deserves. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.